Welcome to this month's installment of I'm a Keeper, Living by Design with Dr. Ray W. Lincoln. In this episode, Dr. Lincoln is in a classroom type setting, teaching a group of parents about some specific temperament actions and activities. This is information that all of us can and will benefit from greatly. Now, I'm a Keeper, Living by Design with Dr. Ray W. Lincoln. I'm Ray Lincoln. It's a pleasure to be with you again. And let's review for a moment. First, remember, it's very important that we understand our child. I think we've made that point. And secondly, we need to understand that we cannot bond with our children. They have to bond with us. And in order to understand them, we're going to be involved with something called temperament. Temperament is the best way to understand anybody at their core, who they really are. And the science of temperament has been gathered and understood for over 2,500 years. Temperament is a way of grouping the similarities found in people of any age. So that includes your child. These similarities appear as urges and drives that mold and shape the life of the child and for that matter, all of us adults as well. This temperament is made up of several urges and drives all forming what I like to call a family of strengths or a family of urges that live inside of us. We call them strengths, we call them urges, we call them drives, because they're all three. When used beneficially, they make us feel fulfilled and happy, and they lead us to satisfying relationships too. Understanding a person's temperament and a child's temperament is so important because of that last thing I just said, relationships. Relationships with their parents, relationships with others, relationships that they're going to be forming for the rest of their lives. And they have to understand themselves. And that first understanding comes from the parent who understands them and then they begin to feel that this truly is who they are. Feeling understood or not understood is what causes the child to bond with someone and with parents increasingly, hopefully, as the years go by or, unfortunately, disconnect from the parents. It's essential that that bonding makes them feel three things or know three things. First, I've mentioned before, comfort. We never feel as though we are strongly connected with someone who doesn't understand us. The child wants to feel comfortable with us. And when we talk to them and teach them and train them and 
help them to understand themselves, comfort is one thing that is going to persuade them that we truly understand them. Secondly, they really want to be treated according to who they are. Of course, right at the beginning, they don't understand fully who they are. But they sense a lot. They don't want to be treated as though they're someone who they are not. Bonding happens when they're treated for who they really are. And the third, perhaps most important to the parent, is the fact that if a child is understood, it will make parenting successful and so much more pleasant and rewarding and the family life will undergo a revolution. Do you want that? Of course you do. We don't want to make that child into who we are. We want to be sure to make them into who they are. Who they are designed to be. Everyone wants to be treated for who they really are. Well today, let's focus on a story. A story that will teach us a lot more about that bonding and the power of being understood and the power of being not understood. So here's a real story. I've changed some of the details, of course, for the protection of the individuals. And it's a story about a mom and her son. This mum came to me very upset. She was so upset, she said, I am ashamed of myself. She was at the end of a rope. She had a nine-year-old NT, that reflects the temperament, child. Now, NTs tend to be very bright, and they also don't want to do anything that doesn't make sense to them. And she said, the problem is I can't get him to do anything. I said, tell me what happened. Well, it's an interesting story. He was upstairs, as he usually was, playing with his Lego set. Actually, he seemed to be obsessed with it. And he created amazing models. The parents were astounded at what he could do with these Legos. The mum said, I called out. Well, we'll call him Jake. Jake! You're supposed to be downstairs now. Get downstairs immediately and do your chores. The mum went about her business. Ten minutes later, he was still not downstairs doing his chores. Now, she'd had this before. 
She had more than she could take of his disrespect and deliberate disobedience. It's a strange thing, but this happens to parents. There's a rising heat on the inside whenever they encounter disrespect and deliberate disobedience. And that rising heat was exactly what was happening to this mom. She stormed up those stairs. She was livid with anger. When she got to the top of the stairs, she said, Jake, stand up. She dressed him down, told him everything that was terrible about him. And she even said, I'm ashamed of it, but I actually cursed him. Now the point of the story revolves largely upon what Jake was doing. Jake had stood up. He was standing still and just staring at her. He didn't make a move. And the mom said, what made me so mad was that I couldn't even make him flinch. Later on, I needed to talk with Jake, so I had a little talk with him. And I said, Jake, what were you thinking when your mother dressed you down like that and told you all those things that you didn't even want to hear? He thought for a moment, and then he said, I was thinking something's wrong with my mother. She needs help. The mom, you see, was making three major mistakes. So we'll talk about them. The first is this. She stormed up those stairs. And when she got to the top, all of the emotion that was pent up inside of her was let loose on her child. Now her child happened to be an MT. MTs want to remain calm. And they want to remain disconnected with emotion, even their own emotion. So whenever those emotions begin to rise in the MT, they feel very uncomfortable. In fact, the MT has a real problem knowing how to handle emotion. They're all in their heads, is a phrase we often use, but they're in their heads because they want to reason and think. And as I said before, they don't want to do anything that does not want to, that does not make sense to them. And so this mom was making a major mistake immediately. It's often the case that how we approach a child will determine the end result. It's often the case that if our emotions are stirred 
and we allow them to be seen and felt and heard, the result's going to be that the emotion of that child is going to be stirred as well. And for the MT, as I've mentioned, that's something the MT never wanted to happen. Remain calm. You say, well, that's simple. Well, yes, it's simple, but it's hard to do when all of a sudden you're feeling your child will not even respect you enough to do simple little chores that they need to do as part of their responsibility of being a member of the family. So, number one, calm. Remember that. Always remember it. It really doesn't matter who the temperament is, but in the case of a child that is an MT temperament, it is a serious breach of the relationship that a parent wants with the child. Number two. Number two is this. Low volume. <laughs> oh, whenever we're upset, we raise our volume. And then we don't believe we did raise our volume. But it's almost inevitable. And when that volume raises, then something else happens. You see, volume and emotion rise and fall together. Please remember that. Whenever we lift our volume, our emotions rise too. And in the person we're talking to, volume lifts their emotions as well. Volume and emotions rise and fall together. So how do we control the effect of seen and felt and heard emotions? Keep the volume down. And so, this mother had stormed to the top of the stairs and yelled at her child, Jake, stand up! That was an immediate indication of what was going to happen. I've said NT children despise emotion. Largely because they're not as familiar with emotion as other children. When they're infants, you can really get a pretty good idea of whether they're going to be an NT or not. Because if they're calm and if they lack emotional response, or if they have little emotional response, it's a pretty clear indication that this child is of an NT temperament. And because they're unfamiliar with that emotion, they don't know how to handle it when, it when it all of a sudden appears in them and in other people. That's 
probably why most ENTs, when they are calm and cool toward others who are talking to them, are struggling to try and contain the emotion. And they certainly don't want that to be seen. Well, let's talk about the third thing for a moment, because it's very important. Antes will never do anything that doesn't make sense to them. <laughs> yes, to them. <laughs> It may make sense to the parent, and the parent may be saying, well, I don't think that this is not sense at all. No, it's got to make sense to them. Why is this? Because they're so wrapped up with the idea of reason. It's got to be thoughtful rational, reasonable, and as they grow, logical. And that kind of conversation is the kind of conversation that appeals to them and gets to them. An emotional conversation really won't, of course, and one that does not make sense to their sense of rationality will not either. Well, has a child a really good sense of rationality from the very beginning? Well, I don't think so. I think that's something that develops as they grow. I think we'd all agree. As they get older, they become more reasonable uh, until they get teenage. <laughs> but through teenage, <laughs> Big changes are taking place in that mind of all children. And those changes have to do with emotional intelligence and social intelligence. Both of which have a lot to do with what makes sense to the teenager. And the teenager, having gone through puberty, is all of a sudden in a new world. And in a very real sense, that NT child is relearning what is sensible to them and to the world around about them and what is not. So, let's get back to the story. How did it unfold? Well, you see, he didn't come down. And when he didn't come down, that mother had to come and see me. Next time, the same thing happened. She changed, because I told her exactly what she should do. Here's what I told her. Walk up the stairs. Don't storm up those stairs. Walk up them. When you get to the top of the stairs, take a deep breath, smile, and in a calm, low voice, address Jack. 
It'll make the world of difference. Say something like this. Jake, uh, you need to be downstairs now doing your chores, and it won't take long. She did this. And Jake said, I don't need to do them now, I'll do them later. Without getting ruffled, maintaining the low volume and the calm, she replied, no Jake, it actually makes sense for you to do them now. Let me tell you why. Because you see, you really are very smart, very bright. You even told me that you were brighter than I am. Well, whether that's true or not, you are bright. And if you don't go down now and do your chores, let me just explain what will happen. And she named something that her child never wanted to happen. She said, okay, it makes sense. Don't test me. And she turned and walked down the stairs saying, come down now and do your chores, please, Joe. Yes, a couple of minutes and he was downstairs doing his chores. That's how it unfolded. You see, there are several things that are very, very important when we're dealing with our children. When we don't understand our child, what happens? We anger them. They get upset, really upset. And when they get upset, what has happened? Their emotions have been stirred. Can we expect a really good result? Of course not. We must understand this. And in this case, it was understanding the temperament. It always is. Because that's understanding what they are at the core, who they are at the very essence. What you can't see, but what you know about your child. And what you must know that you don't know about your child. So when we don't understand them, we anger them. When we don't understand them, unfortunately, we actually get disconnected from them. It's not so much that we disconnect, although just as this story unfolded the first time up those stairs, the mother got disconnected by her own actions. She'll also get disconnected by her child's actions. And it's the child who has to do the bonding, remember? When we don't understand our children, Something else happens we do not see. 
we actually damage their view and understanding and feelings of themselves. We make them feel as though they're not important. They're not valuable. They're not good. There's something wrong with them. They will have to be different if they're ever going to be able to relate to other people. In other words, we damage their self-image. We not only damage their view of themselves, we actually damage ourselves. And that's horrible. But it's true. We damage our own self-image. Who gets mad and angry with their child and then walks out feeling that they are wonderful? No, they walk out feeling, am I guilty? I kind of feel it. Have I done damage? What should I do now? Should I apologize? I don't know if I do that. My child might feel that I just can't control or do anything right. And the parent enters into this state of misunderstanding themselves. So we actually do damage to to ourselves and we actually do damage to our child. One more thing. Sometimes double the struggle that the child has with their own selves and controlling their own emotions and they lose the ability to control their own emotions. Oh, they'll still be responsible. They'll be responsible for every day that they live from then on. But something's going on here. That struggle in the early years is easily won then. It's much more difficult to win it later on. And many an adult has had to struggle because they never learned to control their emotions when they were a child. And it affects their very relationships and it affects the relationship that they want most. So, it's not just the MT temperament. It's all temperaments that need to be understood. And I'm trying to help help you understand your child no matter what temperament your child happens to be. So the story that we talked about today is specifically in connection with the fact, do you have an NT child? Or do you know that? Or do you not know that? There are certain things that you will really need to do. I've mentioned already that you'll need to fill out a temperament kit. Well, why in the world do we need to do that? It's a questionnaire. 
Well, because that temperament key is going to tell you what's inside your child. Now, there are two temperament keys, so let me take a talk about it for just a moment so you'll fully understand how to do this. One temperament key is the child temperament key. That's to be filled out by the parent. The parent will be asked many questions about what the child did from the earliest days all the way through. And answering all those questions, we will get a clear understanding of how the parent saw the child's behavior. And from the behavior of the child, the temperament key will help us work backwards to the strengths and urges and drives that cause that behavior. So, the child temperament key. The next is the adult temperament key, which all adults should fill out. And I want to say now that I would love for you as the adult, both parents, fill out a temperament key and fill out a child temperament key for your child if your child is under 13 years of age. 13, 14. At that age, I want you to sit down with the child and fill out an adult temperament key explaining that adult temperament key and its meaning to the child so that they can give a pretty good answer to how they feel as they answer each one of the questions. There are no wrong answers. Now the adult temperament key is a little different from the child temperament key in that what really happens is the adult says this is how I feel on the inside. This is who I am. And I'm trying to tell you honestly my feelings dominantly about that question. Now it so happens that there are over 50 questions, won't take very long, but you'll sit there saying, well, wait a minute, the answer is check A or check B. I uh, feel a bit of both. So what does the adult answer? Whatever is dominant. <clears throat> Which it is that they most do. That's the important thing. We want to know what is most likely to happen. And so the adult must give these answers. And when they do, they literally tell us who they are. They tell us what they are at the core. They tell us about their strengths and their urges and their drives without naming them. And that temperament key will tell us which temperament they are. And the temperament is made up of those strengths and urges and drives, a family of them, all related, seemingly making a typical whole. And so the similarities make 
the temperament, as we said at the beginning. Now, I want you, when you're filling out the child temperament key, to do so according to the age. If the child is three years of age, then you'll be filling it out from all the way up to three years of age. If they are nine years of age, you'll be responding to the questions that relate to those early years and then answering the questions that don't relate to those earlier years according to who they are really now. And you'll find that, yes, that works. Follow the instructions very, very carefully and read the instructions before you begin the temperament key. Then there's a little summary. Read the summary of the temperaments, the four of them, and you'll get another indication of who you really are at the core and you'll give someone else the understanding of who you really are at the core and who your child really is. So, what I'm asking you to do is please make sure that you fill out the temperament key because the next time we talk together, I want to talk to you about how you, the parent, are relating to your child and how your child sees you and how you see them and where the clashes really are and why it is without this information you certainly have a much more difficult road to travel. If you need further help <coughs> please contact us. And if you have issues, already you know these issues are happening in your relationship to your child, and you want specific answers, then send us a question, and we'll be glad to answer that question. It's been a pleasure to be with you again, and I hope that this has been helpful, and I hope you're looking forward to the next time we're together so that you can understand what's going on in the interaction between you and those children you love. And that may be a real revelation or a real blessing. Thanks for being with me. Let's meet again. If you would like to learn more or have any questions or comments, please log on to www.raywlincoln.com. There you will find much more information about Dr. Lincoln and the many services that he and his associates can offer to help you lead a more fulfilling life. You will also find the many resources available, including Dr. Lincoln's best-selling book, I'm a Keeper, as well as Interkinetics, Your Blueprint to Excellence and Happiness. Also, get your copy of the just-released brand new book, Who Am I? Please be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode of this podcast, and please tell your friends so that they can join the family as well. Be with us again next month for I'm a Keeper, Living by Design with Dr. Ray W. Lincoln.